0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, we're <laughs> welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. An hour and a half, less than an hour and a half away from hosting our own debate. Here on Wisdom, you can listen. However, you're listening right now, I'm pretty sure you can. That's how you'll be able to listen to the debate at 6:30. Uh, if you're on Facebook Live, this window will close and another one will open. So, if you want to watch it that way, and it's a video. So, if you don't want to watch it live. Uh, you can watch it, you know, in increments for the rest of the, the next couple of weeks. I, I recommend watching it before April 6th because that's the uh, election date. I mean, if you want to watch it April 6th and then make your decision. Uh, how many people have already made the decision between Vicki Markson and Mitch Reynolds uh, I'm going to bring on UW LaCrosse, former UW LaCrosse. I think he was teaching today, though. I believe he said he was teaching, or maybe he has in the past couple of days. Uh, political science professor Dr. Joe Hyam. You're going to bring him on. Uh, we're going to have Trigosky moderating our debate tonight. Uh, I got a couple. I got. I know I did get one question from the LaCrosse County Board. Uh, we'll see what, maybe Joe's got a good question. Although we don't want to have the questions out there where the candidates can hear. Are they listening to the show? Are they trying to get a little preview of what we're going to talk about? Uh, 608-785-7914. If you have a question that you want me to consider asking the candidates, uh, send it to me. 608-785-7914. I'll consider it. Um, I've got a couple written down just that in that regard. I uh, added it to the list. So, um, yeah, do that. There's a couple of bills too. I I brought, I brought Joe on for a couple of different reasons. Um, just a couple of bills going through our state legislature and that, that are just, one is, one is pretty easy. Booze to go. That's approved by the Wisconsin Senate today. And, um, I'm going to hit publish on that story. I forgot to hit publish. Uh, there we go. It's on the Wisdom website if you want to look at it right now. Another one on there is uh, Wisconsin Assembly is going to vote on an election investigation. And uh, it seems very complicated, the story. Uh, a resolution Democrats oppose, Republicans won into Joe Biden's election that was nearly won in the state. It's going to give the committee authorization to issue subpoenas, compel testimony, gather documents. Um, very, like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? So uh, just a little confusing. So Joe Heim, political science professor, bring him on. We, we could talk about the mayoral debate and uh, some of the stuff that the state legislature is doing and you know some of the intricacies there as well. Uh, number three is calling in. Number three, you're on the air. Go ahead.
1: Sanctuary City, bring up the question tonight, yeah. okay?
0: Well, okay, Ex- explain to me what, what exactly you you i was thinking about this the other day i remembered i wrote it down i just I, how exactly would you phrase a question about that
1: oh well, that's what uh, everybody seems to think how do you phrase it or just what when and where i just like to get these other two people's idea on what you're thinking about it when you talk to the mayor he would be on the show and he'd say well we'll do what the federal government wants us to do if they don't want to do- We won't do that. So I was just wondering what these people that are running now their ideas on the matter.
0: Okay, so I I believe Vicky's going to come on tomorrow, and if you want to try to explain that to her tomorrow, I just I don't understand. It it might be something of a of a a topic to talk about on the air as opposed to a a debate question,
1: because I don't. Uh, Take a different, you know, when
0: they talk about that subject than others do, you know. Yeah, I, I honestly, uh, part of me thinks that you you throw that phrase out there, uh "sanctuary city." Nobody quite knows what it means, but it's it's a really good word. It's a really good phrase to kind of divide people, like what immigrants, and we're just going to get mad about immigrants when really, like, what what <laughs> does it have to do with ICE and and going after uh, uh, undocumented immigrants? Does it have to do with housing and, and state funding or, or city funding. There's just, uh, it's a pretty broad topic, uh, but I think some of it's just to get you pissed off and we're going we're gonna to throw it out there.
1: I do want to tell us one thing about your sports show yesterday you had on the different people, you know? Yeah, It was interesting to me. It kind of reminds me when I used to mow yards in the summertime. Oh. I stood out.
0: For- oh. oh, okay. Th- number three. Number three, your your cell phone, your cell phone is breaking up. I I don't know if your wife gave you the crappy cell phone today, uh, but but it was breaking up. Sorry, I I, uh, you'll have to call me back. Uh, get to the top of the hill. (laughs) Um, yeah, yesterday I I had on uh, a doctor from Mayo, and on Alaska there a sports med a sports doc. Just like, what do you want to be called? He's like sports doc. Okay, he's like I think believe he's a surgeon. And then I, I also had a, a personal trainer and, and health coach on just to talk about, hey, we, we're coming out of pandemic. It's getting nice out. People are gonna to want to start competing and stuff. Uh, what do we do? How do we not how do we do that without being injured, getting injured and then being out for another year? Because I really fear that as a 40 year old now. <laughs> as of getting into the the middle rounds of the forties, uh, and and before the pandemic, that starts to creep up. So um, yeah, I just thought uh, we should get the experts on to kind of talk us through what to do because man, the the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone coming out of a pandemic, even coming out of a Wisconsin winter, right? As you start getting outside and doing the fun things that you like to do outside, whatever that may be, biking, uh, hiking, um, sports, bar league softball. I know tons of people that play that. Uh, and then you, you the first thing you do is boom, you like take off to jog up the hill or to, 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 you know, pedal your bike really hard, or, or take off for first base because you lined one to right, uh, and then you pull a hammy, or worse, and then you're out for how many, however many more weeks or months, uh, and, and you might just feel uh, a little devastated, and probably have to seek counseling because now you're in your own personal pandemic with injury. Uh, all right, so yeah, so did I? Yeah, the booze to go bill that that passed the Senate today, twenty eight to two vote. Funny, the last time I believe the Senate voted 28 to 2, who are the, who are these two people? Uh, there was a 28 to 2 vote on COVID legislation as the state went 10 months without passing a single piece of legislation, let alone even debating on it. Uh, and then the Senate passed the second COVID relief bill in the state, and uh, the Assembly went, what? No way. And the Assembly didn't even, the Assembly decided not to vote on it. Uh, I thought that was funny. That was also a 28 to 2 vote by the Senate. Uh, but this one essentially allows you to... Uh, you know, buy some drinks and take them home with you from the bars. And they got like to-go cup covers on them, I believe. I think there's like sealed covers. So you can't, you know, if you got pulled over and, and the and the officer saw your to-go cups, if they were, weren't were sealed, then you might be in trouble. So you'd have to wait. It's kind of like, <laughs> you really, you couldn't wait five minutes to get home or 20 minutes to get home before you had a, a sip of that wine? Out of your to-go cup, you're like, or really, you couldn't wait 20 minutes to check your text messages. Uh, instead, you had to have it. You had to drive and text, or drive and make that call. Uh, it's kind of the same, a little bit of the same thing. Although, you know, uh, one one has to do with affecting your body. Um, okay, oh yeah, Brad's got to do the news. Uh, I'm going to call Joe Heim. We can break down some of the stuff, the mayoral debate, and uh, some of these things that went through the assembly and senate today. We'll be back. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the talking text line UW Lacrosse I, I, Joe. Can I call you a political science professor still? Because you said I believe you told me you were teaching uh, just the other day or today even.
2: I'm uh, not teaching anymore, but I still retain the title.
0: Okay, so you you okay. still we could still claim you as a UWL guy. Sure. Um, and that'll be forever. And I brought you on. I don't. I know you want to eat supper here. So if I can get you for ten minutes, that I don't. I, I feel like that'll be great. If I can get you for the second half of this segment uh, of the show, uh, we might be able to hit a, a bunch of stuff. So you let me know the break if we can keep going. Okay, um, but no if, problem. But the, do you want to go mayor stuff first or state legislature? What do you think?
2: Uh, do the state legislature stuff first.
0: Okay, okay. so I, I brought up uh, first of all, we've passed through the Senate passed a booze to go bill. Um, uh, it's just funny to me that we're going to pass something that allows you to take drinks home uh, now in in twenty March of twenty twenty one. Had we done this in March of twenty twenty, it was been an amazing bill that allows people to go to the bars and and get food to go and also some drinks to go. Um, why did it take so long to pass something that seems so easy?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Uh, partly because they really didn't uh, didn't meet too often this last six months, have they? I think they met, the legislature met in May, and then they did not meet again until, if I remember correctly, uh, November, December.
0: What do you count as meet? Well, special sessions under one minute long? Do you count that as meeting?
2: I guess I didn't count that. I'm sorry. They did meet at least once to uh, to. Uh, Twice. 30 seconds, saying they're not going to meet.
0: Yeah, they did that for policing and for uh, updating the um, um, unemployment thing. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so they met if you want twice. To count
2: that, Go ahead. That'll mean three, uh, three quick ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they met uh, in April sixteenth. That's the, the, around that time they they did a virtual vote. They passed COVID relief in April of twenty twenty, and then they went ten months, almost exactly ten months, without uh, doing a single thing. <laughs> I, I like to bring it up a lot because we went through the the uh, first pandemic in, uh, around the world uh, in a hundred years, and our state legislature did exactly zero for our, our state.
2: Well, you've got to realize that they were running for re-election in November. Now, what are they going to do between you know April, you know, May, June, July, August, September, October? They're running for re-election. We're, we're paying their salaries so they can run for re-election. Okay. Well, of course.
0: Well, pass some stuff, and then you can go, hey, I'm running for re-election. Look at the thing I passed.
2: It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little disappointing that, given the fact that we've had uh, economic problems and COVID problems, that the legislature and, and other problems, even uh, throw in uh, uh, the issue of uh, uh, Kenosha and some of the issues dealing with police reforms, they, uh, they did not see fit to, uh, to meet on any of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so second thing, I know I sent you the election thing. I want to get to that in a sec. But the second thing here, um, the headline here in the AP, Wisconsin lawmakers claim uh, $555,000 in expense during the pandemic um, the, the, it looks like the, the GOP controlled legislature wants to have the ability to uh, decide where I, I guess maybe where our funding goes or um, instead of having the governor do that. I mean, it's just uh, this doesn't this doesn't seem like crazy to me, but the, the way that uh, one side of the aisle wants to distribute funding and the other side of the aisle, it seems uh, you know, the, the, the views are vastly different, I think.
2: Yeah, it's uh, kind of an issue, and if we just pull back away from it, it's an issue of executive power versus legislative power. Now, if you went back 10 years, I would tell you that over the last uh, the last decade, the uh, power has slowly been shifting from the legislative to the executive, and this continued under uh, President Scott Walker. As soon as Scott Walker is leaving office, the legislature decided to try to take back the power. In a normal sense, I would say, you know, maybe they were just taking power that they've given away over the years. But unfortunately, what this looks like is they got reelected in November, uh, and then they immediately slapped the governor and said, you know, we don't really, you may have won the election, but we're taking power away from you. So it, uh, it was not a good way to start off your relationship with the new administration. You know, you slap in the face and say, ah, we're taking some power back. And then, of course, they were doing it because he's a Democrat and they're Republicans.
0: Yeah, the the whole lame duck situation, and that's I mean, it's pretty obvious what was going on there. And um, you know, like if <laughs> if they would have did that uh, any time during Walker's administration, then then fine, okay, then we wouldn't have had to argue about it. But uh, yeah, the whole lame duck thing. We we're gonna we have a lame duck uh, mayor right now, and we do have a two week period where where Tim Cabot is really the lame duck mayor after we vote for M- Mitch or, or Vicky. Um, but it's only two weeks. Uh, is there a way to like cinch that up, in you know, either federally or state, uh, uh, you know, in the state where the, the lame duck period is non-existent or almost non-existent?
2: Well, there's. I think there's logic behind that. Uh, you know, the, when you let's say you win an election in November, and you uh, have a couple months to get ready, decide who you're going to. You know, running for election and, and you know, running a country or a state or a city is not the same thing. You uh, you have to make decisions about, you know, if you're running for politics, that's one thing. Then when you set up an election, I mean, you win an election, then you've got to set up the government, you've got to appoint people. Uh, you can understand why there should be a lag period there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what sometimes happens is presidents and mayors and governors do things in the last couple of weeks of their administration that, you, that they might not have done otherwise. But uh, overall, yeah, I think you have to understand why you can't just win an election one day and take over the next. There's,
0: yeah, that makes uh, sense.
2: Where are the bathrooms? You know, you just start off with that one. <laughs> yeah, I
0: just I feel like maybe there should be some rules. Hey, uh, you can only pass legislation in a lame duck period or a transition period if it's you know in dire need for the, whatever entity you're running. I I, I feel like there there could you know if we wanted to pass those rules <laughs> in between Walker and and Evers transition transition that would have been fine, but we didn't do that.
2: Yeah, it uh, it's obvious pretty obvious that they did this because you had a Democrat uh, governor moving in. It never would have happened if uh Governor Walker had been reelected. All
0: right, so I don't know why we got stuck on lame duck. That's my fault. But the uh today the the Wisconsin Assembly is uh voting on this is the one that's kind of confusing to me. Republican controlled assembly plans to pass a resolution today uh to authorize an investigation into President Biden's win in the state. Uh, The resolution opposed by Democrats, of course, is needed to give the committee authorization if it decides to issue subpoenas to compel testimony and gather documents, said uh, the vice chair here of the Assembly Elections and Campaign Committee. Uh, A lot of this seems confusing. What are we doing here?
2: Well, first of all, the legislature has proposed a number of uh, actual pieces of legislation dealing with elections, including restricting early voting, uh, drop boxes, limiting number of drop boxes, Limiting the ease of a person, say, uh, wanting to do an absentee ballot, you're going to have to, for example, have a photo ID in advance
1: Mm -hmm. before
2: you can even do this. That's not all of them, but that's about five or six. Those are going to be state statutes which have to go to the governor, and he will be able to veto those things. And you can count on him vetoing it because each one of those, you could argue, is a form of voter suppression, uh, intended to uh, limit the number of people that voted. You know, We had record turnout, basically, and they're trying to say, well,
1: we've
2: we got to stop that, basically. The second thing they've done is uh, they've asked the Legislative Audit Bureau to do an audit of the election results. Now, that is a reasonably limit, uh, legitimate thing to ask, because the Audit Bureau, generally, to be honest, is one of the best in the country. They do a real good job of auditing. They do more than just auditing numbers. They actually audit uh, you know policies and things of that sort. But that's going to take time. The third thing they're doing is what you're talking about. Is uh, they've had a hearing uh, within the last month. I think in the Green Bay or, for the Green Bay area, there's some question about uh, how they how they carried out the elections in Green Bay. And Green Bay, as you may know, is run by Democrats as of right now. Mm-hmm. So they've uh, they decided to hold a hearing. They did not bother to ask for the officials that actually ran the elections, the Democrats and the governor. Excuse me, the mayor of uh, Green Bay wasn't even asked to. Uh, to appear. Now they're apparently decided to continue this uh, hearing and they might in fact want to use uh you know the, the issue dealing with uh of, uh of requiring people to come in and actually, you know, actually uh testify. The Green Bay mayor has, has quoted this as a stalinist show trial. This is not my quote, that's his. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of saying, you know, you're doing a show trial basically, you're focusing your attention on Green Bay when in fact uh, you haven't even bothered to ask us, so you know how we run our elections. So I, I most of this is is kind of a leftovers from November. Uh, that instead of having the election be done, you know it it's been dragging on for months, and this is sort of an indication of it. Uh, it's sort of the Wisconsin version of what was going on at the national level. You have to know that uh, in I think 42 states around the country, there are more than 200 proposals. Often looking identical to each other, dealing with voter suppression. I'll call it voter suppression because these things don't just bubble up out of nowhere. And uh, they, you know, the Republicans basically were not real pleased with the voter turnout on the other side, and they kind of questioned whether there was some fraud there and whether or not uh, the Democrats were playing hanky panky with uh, with uh, the numbers. Uh no, there's been no evidence and no proof of it really in terms of any substantial evidence. There's there's some indication of some fraud, but it's not substantial.
0: Yeah, is the is the
2: situation of all that stuff.
0: Is it an is it a strategy here to keep this voter situ the the vote the Biden election win into the in the news cycle if we keep proposing uh stuff like this today? Uh, we keep it in the news cycle for another two years therefore we can try to restrict voting and and, and it just seems a little dangerous because' we're, we're, we're in this this area where uh, some of the country believes that the the, the the vote was you know malicious in some way and uh, it wasn't the, the voter fraud we got to keep voter fraud in the news even though there wasn't voter fraud and I think it's 253 bills uh... restricting voter access uh, in forty three states, so um yeah just i I don't know it seems like the new strategy here instead of uh you know uh, uh abortion so keep, or or uh, the
2: issue going, you keep muddying the waters and then the, the, it allows you to say, well, in order to protect voter integrity, you know we've got to pass these laws and regulations. we've got to investigate this stuff now, is there a reason why they should be doing some investigation? Perhaps there is. There are some things that happened during the election last November that uh, let's just say that uh, the city clerks and town clerks thought that they needed to do certain things. To, they were trying to help people out, basically, to, to uh, you know, because of the COVID and because of the difficulty of voting. So their idea was to maximize the number of people to vote, and they did certain things that the legislature didn't like. Mm-hmm. The problem is they don't know whether these things actually help Democrats or Republicans. But there's an assumption that the Republicans are making that that it's got to be the Democrats, that more of those people, the people, extra people that voted were Democrats. They don't know that for sure. There's no way of knowing that. Uh, I I will tell you that if you know anything about uh, get-out-the-vote drives and things, the Republicans in Wisconsin and I'll say Scott Walker, they developed an extremely good system of getting the vote out in Wisconsin. In other words, they—if you went back just a couple of years—you'd find out that more Republicans used early voting and more Republicans used uh, absentee ballots than uh, than Democrats. But this last election, the Democrats used it for, as a major tool, and obviously within Wisconsin, they were pretty successful. They, were, you know, the uh, Biden people won the state by about twenty thousand votes. Yeah, I so, guess uh, the, this this looks like well, let's uh, take some of those rules and make it a little more difficult to do uh, early voting and, and different types of voting.
0: Yeah, make the rules harder, but also, like, claim that uh, there was fraud there somehow. Uh, it's a little bit uh, – there's a, little, a couple of different ways to go at that. Um, that's be a lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Joheim. We're going to take a quick break – well, not a quick break. Scott's comment's coming up real quick, and Brad doing the news. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Crosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text. Line. I know a couple of you were calling uh, before – if you want to call back, uh, Dr. Joe Heim is still with us. So if you got questions for him, he'd be glad to answer your questions. Uh, we were talking about some some statewide issues, but I want to reel it in a little bit, Joe, and, and talk about this mayor race. We have a debate tonight in eh, less than an hour here between Vicki Markeson and- and Mitch Reynolds, where, you know, what are we now? Let me look at the calendar quick. Uh, exa- exactly two weeks, right? Exactly two weeks before the yeah, that's uh, right. two weeks. final election day. I think in-person early voting started today, too. If you wanted to go drop your drop your ballot off at City Hall, drop it in that green box quick before Republicans take that green <laughs> box away. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's one of the nicer things, right? You can just get that absentee ballot and then go and, and drop it in the green box. I don't know why that, like, why? I, I don't understand why that's so divisive.
2: Uh, what's wrong with the ease of voting? You know, it's, uh, it seems to me in a democracy, you should be in favor of the greater number of voting rather than the fewer number of voting. If you look at statistics, we are not leading the world in voter turnout. We in fact drag, we, we lag many countries in terms of voter turnout. So, getting the number up a little bit, frankly, I would think it would reflect well on democracy. I, I'm a supporter of more people voting, not fewer.
0: Now, does North Korea win that voter turnout? I think they're like at 98%. Yeah, well, I'm talking <laughs> about the Democratic
2: countries.
0: <laughs> I, I, I read a real funny story, and I brought this up on the show a couple of times. The uh, North Korea, if you, and then if you don't vote or you vote with the, uh, so, somehow if you oppose the vote, uh, they throw you into the ocean, like literally like just drop you off in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I uh,
2: I don't think you would want to even bother voting if you can avoid it. <laughs> 98% tells you that uh, that this isn't a real election.
0: Yeah, 98, percent and then there's only one person on the ballot or one party. It's not even it's not even a person. It's one party. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, hey, you want to talk about the mayor race? Let's get into North Korea politics. <laughs> uh, okay, so just generally, you know, two weeks out from deciding whether it's going to be Mitch or Vicky here, uh, what are what are your thoughts so far and how this uh, campaign, how the campaigns are going?
2: Well, you know, he started off with 10 people, which I thought was, uh, that's a pretty big uh, field, frankly. And uh, Marcus, I think, ended up with around 23%. Mitch Reynolds had about 20% or so, which really means of 10 people, the two of them got almost half the votes, which is really pretty darn good. Uh, I, I'm one that thought that this was going to be a very quiet election because uh, it's very difficult to campaign. I'm wrong. Uh, both Vicky Markison and uh, Mitch Reynolds are running very vigorous campaigns, and uh, they. And by the way, they've had, a, as you probably know, a series of different forums and debates, including with the one tonight, which I think ought to be really good because I think the questions, the questions really make the, a debate. You know, if you ask the right questions, you're going to get some interesting answers, and they are a little different. Uh, both of them had similar experiences in some ways. Uh, Vicky Markison, I think, is a little more. Uh, Seven, she was executive director of seven rivers Alliance uh, uh, the, the uh, am I chamber of Commerce. chamber of Commerce and Mitch is more in the uh, media field but he obviously knows a lot about politics and government uh, through that time so both of them have interesting backgrounds uh, for the mayoral situation in Crosse, and I think they're both running pretty uh, vigorous campaigns which is good
1: yeah I
0: know Mitch wrote something on his website about working for Holtree, out of uh, I believe based out of Madison and uh, if you look at the bandshell in Riverside Park, I think they had quite a bit to do with building that. That's whole tree right there. Um, and you just look at the list of things he did. And I don't know, this might be him pumping himself up. I was like, man, that sounds like a hard as, as a job as hard as the mayor. But I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, but any anything surprising you so far about the debate? I know in talking to, with with Mitch and uh, and Vicky, there's there's might be way too there might be too many debates. We had one for the presidential election for crying out loud. Even though I always preach that uh, the local elections are way more important than these presidential things.
2: Well, the combination of uh, the media having these various organizations uh, promoting debates and forums. Plus, I think the lacrosse Crosse Tribune, I think, has done a pretty good job of getting information out about the two candidates. I, I think people worried that because of COVID, you weren't going to be able to find out the normal things. You, people weren't going to go out to rallies and go out to events. So these these uh, forums have really kind of filled in the gap, and I frankly think it's been very worthwhile. By listening to them talk for a year, an hour or so, you know, you're uh, you're going to get a pretty good idea who uh, who you're interested in. I think it's. I'm not sure we're going to have a great turnout. That's another matter but I, I think the uh the exposure of Vicky Marcusen and Ann Mitch Reynolds to the public has been very much better than i expected frankly
0: yeah last open seat for mayor uh 2013 be- between Tim Cabot and Doug Farmer uh Vicky or not Vicky uh Nikki Elson with the the city clerk in Lacrosse said 26.2% voter turnout which seems again ridiculously low but is that's is that low to you
2: yes it is low uh during a presidential election or uh you know, we had, I think we were into the seventies last November, but, uh, you know, a presidential primary last, uh, what a year ago, spring, uh, we had a pretty, I think, close to 50% turnout in Wisconsin, if I remember correctly. Uh, by the way, you asked me a question about, uh, surprise. The surprise to me in this election has been, there's been an issue about endorsements and who's endorsing, uh, in particular partisan <clears throat> related endorsements. You know, the, uh, my my take on the mayor is that you've got to represent the entire city. You shouldn't be representing just uh, this north side or south side or uh, this group or that group. I really think the mayor has to represent everybody, and that's why for the most part in the past there's been very little involvement really dealing with uh, endorsements of some kind. And this year it seems like we've got a little bit of partisanship into this thing, which I frankly is surprised at. Uh, not directly, but Mitch Reynolds uh, has got some groups supporting him that are more progressive, more democratic. I think the local Democratic Party has actually formally endorsed him. Yeah. Uh, Vicky Burke, excuse me, Vicky Markussen, I think uh, uh, said initially that she was not going to take any endorsements, but it doesn't stop uh, political groups from saying they're either favor or against her. So it's uh, it's interesting, and I'm not sure that's really good for the city to have that par- uh, partisan label. But, you know, 90-95% of what a mayor does and what a city does really isn't very partisan. Yeah, we- so, uh, You're picking out a few issues like homeless or uh, neighborhood uh, developments or certain things that are, are sort of ideological and creating uh, kind of an illusion that these are really important issues that uh, mayors deal with every day. They don't. They deal with the everyday issues of keeping a city running, getting the garbage collected, making sure the fire department's okay, uh, make sure the water and sewer systems are going. Uh, that's those and, and the roads, of course. But that those are the kind of issues that are not really partisan.
0: Only the roads, Joe. Only the roads.
2: Ooh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to just yeah. pick
0: one issue, okay. So, the, the, getting back to endorsements a little bit, I, I agree with you in, a li- in, in some of this. Um, Vicky has said she doesn't want to take endorsements from groups. I think she said from individuals is fine. Mitch is is taking, you know, like last week, along with the Lacrosse area, uh, Lacrosse County Democratic Party. Um, I, I think it's like the Lacrosse firefighters and paramedics. Their, their union has endorsed Mitch and 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 other groups like that. Um, You know, like, like, like part of that part of me is like, you know, if you want to take endorsements from some groups, fine. But I think when the Democratic Party or the Republican Party says, hey, can we endorse you publicly? Because they did approach, I believe they did talk to at least Mitch about doing that. I think there I might draw the line and say, hey, if you're if you're just, you know, maybe maybe stay away from that because it's too. But also then then you're are you hiding from the fact that you don't want a, a, a party to endorse you?
2: Yeah, I think in the past, uh, I I cannot remember a single situation in the past year when a mayor was endorsed by one of the two political parties. Now, they may have been quietly supporting one or the other. For example, uh, I think our present mayor was quietly supported by Democrats, but he was not publicly endorsed by them. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a certain risk involved. I think Mitch is... He's banking on the fact that uh, because this is a democratic city that uh, that that'll be an advantage for him and I, I'm not sure that's true we'll find out but uh, yeah it's a it's a little bit of a risk to take endorsing some groups because there's always groups that don't like those groups so if, if somebody says well if that group endorses Mitch Reynolds I'm going to vote for his opponent well you, you hear that.
0: Well, and I wonder if that's what the La Crosse County Democratic Party did, because the Republican Party on their Facebook page and multiple Facebook pages, but their official county Republican Party page, uh, you know, it, it, they, they did post uh, that Mitch is endorsed by Our Wisconsin Revolution. They said Mitch supports Medicare for All, single-payer health care, uh, ending school vouchers, $15 living uh, living wage uh, funny they wrote living wage, uh, housing, and human rights among many crazy liberal positions. Enough said. Vote for Mickey Marcuson April sixth. So that's what the Republican Party said March fifteenth, and then uh, a couple days after that, the Republican or the Democratic Party in, officially endorsed, uh, you know, Reynolds. So I don't know if the two parties are fighting with each other. Oh, you're going to endorse them? It would be funny if both uh, both parties endorsed the same mayor. We wouldn't know what to do.
2: Now, that would be interesting to have a, a Democrat and Republican side endorsing a you know, mayor. That, that would be interesting. I don't know if that's ever going to happen.
0: I mean, the way our view is on politics, we might all flood to the other mayor then. Oh, all the politics are going to one candidate? Maybe we should vote for the other.
2: Maybe. Uh, you know, this is a little bit of a sign of the times. Uh, I think there was, there's a reason why November elections are partisan and spring elections are nonpartisan. They, you know, we, we vote for judges because you want the best person to be a judge. We vote, we vote for uh, mayors, we vote for city council members and school board members because we want the best person in there, not because they have a D or an R in back of their name. That's the, the theory behind this. So you uh, municipal elections don't draw as many people out because they're not partisan, but uh, there's, you vote for the person normally. That's kind of the issue because most of these issues are not terribly partisan. And uh, it's, it seems like it's a sign of the times that uh, partisanship is entering uh, areas that previously had not been partisan and i will find out whether that uh, is good or bad in this election
0: we're speaking with you to be lacrosse political science professor joe heim um okay so with our debate coming up here in about 45 minutes uh you got any just important topics that really here you know maybe two or three topics that these are the important most important things that our mayor should be handling or we should be asking about and they, do you just have a question that maybe we can bring up uh, during the debate
2: Well, I I think the number one issue for people in Lacrosse has always been property taxes. Property taxes in Lacrosse are high. Uh, One of the things I I think I'll ask this question. I would ask this question about uh, if if you're supporting all these causes and these uh, the things you that that list that you just went through, how are you going to pay for it? Uh, Is that going to raise property taxes, or are you going to cut taxes in some areas, services in some areas, uh, in order to to fund certain things, that's kind of the issue. I don't think people in Lacrosse uh, appreciate property taxes going up. Frankly, they've held down pretty well over the last, uh, you know, the last two terms of the, of the present mayor. But uh, I think there would be some concern. You know, if you you well know, uh, Rick, that that if you live in Alaska in, in a house two hundred thousand dollar house, let's say, and you have live in Lacrosse in a two hundred thousand dollar house, you know that the taxes in Lacrosse are higher than On Alaska.
0: Joe, that's the, why the, that's why I live in Houston. <laughs> not the city, the the the, the, the township or whatever. The, Houston, Minnesota, not Texas. Um, yeah, that's exactly why I was when I I've said it before. When I looked at houses, I looked at the one right on the base of Bliss Road, right at the 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 base there, and uh, I think the taxes were seven grand a year. Uh, and it wasn't even that, and it was like a hundred fifty thousand dollar house. But I think as you get closer to granddads, maybe the taxes go up. And I was like seven grand a year. Um, okay, I'm gonna keep looking elsewhere. Maybe I'll get out of lacrosse. So exactly why I don't live in lacrosse.
2: Yeah, and I think you can find that uh sentiment uh, from a lot of people that live in Shelby. I live in Shelby and I remember once talking to my ne na- I was right on the border between Lacrosse and Shelby and I uh, and I, I believe in uh, shared revenues and things of that sort. So I asked my neighbors, I said, Maybe we should you know, join lacrosse. Oh, you crazy nut <laughs> They all said uh, you know I was nuts to think I even t- to annex into the city of La Crosse. but uh I mean there's everybody knows that property taxes are tough and are high in La Crosse. so it's uh, it's kind of a given, therefore I think that's the number one issue if you're going how are you going to keep property taxes down and still maintain the you know city services or are you planning to cut certain city services? I think those are the kind of things I would ask.
0: Yeah. And um, and then getting back to, you know, the number we've had, I believe we're going to hit double digit debates. Uh, we had one for president. Is there is there a, an avenue here where we've had too many debates or, um, uh, and, or and also on the flip side, this is this is this whole COVID might have helped things in, in, in having access to our, our candidates. And all these things are on video and they live forever. Right. We can go find all these old debates and go back and review them if we
2: want yeah, you can. It takes a little bit of work. A lot of people really don't want to do a lot of work. I think, you know, the turnout for the primary with 10 candidates, to do the work on 10 candidates was pretty tough. And I think the vast majority of people said, ah, oh, wait for the general election. Mm-hmm. I think it's 7 or 8% turnout in the primary. And that's an indication that's just a lot of work. The, I, I'm not sure that I, I am opposed to having all these forums, however. You, you really have different audiences for different forums. You know, you might have 50 people here or 70 people here. Those aren't the same people that are listening to each one of the forums. So overall, this is going to get the word out to different groups, different constituencies, as to how the candidates feel. And as I said, that's all you got to listen to is one forum and one debate. And you'll get a pretty good idea whether you like uh, candidate A or candidate B.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if uh, in four years, if, if and when we do this all over again, I don't imagine we're going to have an unopposed uh, mayor ever again, but maybe... Um, if we do stuff like how we did the state debates where we have uh, we have the candidates and then multiple media outlets each asking questions in one debate where we have those different viewpoints but all, all in one debate.
2: Yeah, what we've normally had in the past is, uh, I know the university has been involved with the debates in the past, and we've had one uh, debate every time, every election uh, that basically all the media is invited to and they they can ask all the questions they want and then the TV would put it on tape and put it on, uh, you know, air it several times. And that that was a way of getting a large number of people seeing what's going on. This Now this time we're uh, we're limited more in terms because of COVID or limited in terms of audience and things of that sort. That's why the forums, I think, really kind of fill the gap uh, in knowledge. and it's, uh, it's, Ultimately, I think it should help to turn out in the election.
0: Now, Tchaegovsky, you to be a lacrosse political science professor. Anthony Tregosky is is moderating ours. Uh, he's pretty awful at this stuff, huh?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, he, he's really good. He's, he is a really good moderator. I've seen a couple forums this spring that he moderates, and he has not only good questions himself, he brings in once in a while, but he's just very good at, at controlling the, uh, the debate and controlling the uh, forums so that they run very smoothly. He's very good at it.
0: All right, Dr. Joe Heim, hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, last minute there, just to kind of help me break down some of them state issues and talk about this debate coming up.
2: It was good talking to you, Rich.
0: All right. Have supper. <laughs> See okay.
2: Thanks. Bye.
0: Bye-bye. All right. That was Dr. Joe Heim, UW lacrosse political science professor. Not doing that anymore, but we'll keep calling him that uh, here on my show. Uh, all right. One more quick break, and we'll wrap up. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk P. I'm just going to wrap up here before we... Go start planning for this debate. As the candidates are going to show up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Kent is calling in, though. I want to get Kent down. Give me a second. Let me. I don't want to hang up on you, Kent. Uh, all
1: right, Kent, go ahead. You're on the air, man. These mayoral elections. Now they're voting for judges in La Crosse, too, aren't they?
0: Uh man, I haven't looked at the ballot honestly. Is there? I, I feel like they're all running on a pose, but I, I, I know there's a state super school superintendent race. I know that for sure. Um, yeah. Judges, well, I feel like I was, the judges are all running unopposed, but I don't, I, I don't know if there's any on the ballot right now.
1: Sorry, I, I, yeah, the, okay. you caught me.
0: You, you I was just
1: going to say, you know, if, if they were, it would be a good time for people in lacrosse to vote some of these judges out that are letting these heroin dealers, and, they, you know, they get caught one, on Friday, and they're out on Monday and then next Friday, they're back in the street again. You know, yeah. some, something else I think, I guess.
0: Yeah, thanks for the call, Ken. You're cutting in and out. I don't know, that's twice the, that's happened today, uh... Cutting it out a little bit. Uh, sh- shoddy cell phones. Come on, you guys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, going up the hill. Get up the hill, Kent. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah. We've talked about that issue a, a couple of times before. There is there is sometimes just the really glaring weird, like really like that person is out on a signature bond, uh, and then they're arrested. Right? Or they're arrested. You know, two three days later for for something either completely unrelated or totally related to why they were arrested the first time. Um, but on the on the flip side, that that is is probably like one percent of the people that are you know we, we're only going to hear about those. We're never going to hear about the guy that got arrested and got out in signature bond, and then uh, went back to court when on his court date and then got sentenced and and you know paid the fine or went to jail or. Uh, you know, we might hear about if they go to jail because obviously they're going to jail. But uh, we 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 don't hear about the ones that aren't interesting, right? Like those those things just kind of happen. I, I would say maybe we hear about them, but they're not as like like out there. They're not they're not going to generate that rage that that Kent brings up the the idea that hey, we 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 arrested this drug dealer and he got out on signature bond, and then a day later uh, he got arrested again for doing the same thing. Yeah, of course that's going to be just ridiculous. And why why did he? get out and it's like, I feel like that sometimes is a hard thing to understand. And, and, and clearly you, you could point to some of them cases and just scratch your head and get mad at, at whatever judge decided to do that. And the judge is probably just like kicking themselves like and then probably wants to kick that person, uh, but they won't, right? <laughs> they're just like, what are you doing? Like, I, I, get you, I get you a signature bond. I expect you back in court and you go and get arrested three days later. What are you, some kind of idiot? That's probably what they're thinking. I, I don't know how judges, judges might be a little bit more Uh, level-headed than i am on this stuff and then but but uh i think they could all relate to that and uh, yeah it makes it it is it is interesting kent um but it also seems like the very uh, uh, minuscule amount of people all right that's gonna wrap it up thanks everyone for listening